Welcome to The Driven Entrepreneur, where we sit down with visionaries, trailblazers, and entrepreneurs, and discover why and how they do what they do. We'll get the backstory, plus plenty of life and business lessons along the way. Here's your host, Matt Browning. Hey, this episode is brought to you by my very own NLP Practitioner Course. I've been teaching neuro-linguistic programming, or NLP, for nearly 15 years. It is the most powerful tool for communication on the planet, and it can be yours today. For a very limited time, I'm giving away my entire NLP course workbook for free. Go to nlpwithmatt.com. All the patterns, all the tools, and the techniques of NLP in the complete course workbook, the same one that we use to teach our live certification classes, yours free. NLPwithmatt.com. Get it today. Let's get back to the show. Hey, what's going on? Welcome back to The Driven Entrepreneur. It's Matt Browning. Man, I am uh, I'm so blessed, so excited because this week, not only is it a new week, not only are you getting ready for another weekend, of course, but you're an entrepreneur, so you don't take weekends off. And if you're, uh, you're like, the couple I have. Yes, I have a couple today, not just a single solo interview. You get two for the price of one. It's still free to listen to this show. You get two of them. It's an amazing entrepreneurial couple. And we're going to talk all about what it takes to run business together, not run business together, why you should, why you shouldn't. Um, they have ran uh, throughout the both of them together or separately 19 different businesses over the years. Um, you'll, you'll hear from Adam Anderson, how he started up a cybersecurity firm, eventually sold that, and how the relationship plugged together with Carrie and Adam both and what worked and what didn't. Now, of course, they're thriving and crushing it with uh, the entrepreneurs. Uh, amazing, amazing mission. They are, let me just see, yeah, we got whole life entrepreneurship. So they're going to talk about really how we bring our whole life into the business and not have it all segregated, disparate areas. This is a topic I've wanted to bring to you for a long time. So without any further ado, Carrie, Adam, welcome to the show. Are you there? How are you? We are here. Thank you for having us, Matt. Yes, and we are absolutely fantastic. Dropped the kids off at school today. No one yelled at me. Got the, <laughs> the workouts are out of the way. We're living our best life. Wow, this is good. So, so I asked you before, but I want, I want to make sure everyone's in on this conversation. I was looking at your YouTube channel, and if you look for whole life entrepreneurship, you'll see you guys. So which one, Adam, are you the one with the beard, I heard? Yes, <laughs> yes, I am the one with the beard. It is, uh, it's I, a I good grew beard. It. Thank you. It's, it protects me from uh, the wind while I'm skiing. And sure, I don't need that anymore because I'm in South Carolina. But man, I like it. I just I like the beard. You know, I hear South Carolina has really made some major turnarounds, uh, tax advantage wise, business wise, the governor over there. I've just I don't know a lot about the details, but I heard some great stories. Can you enlighten us just kind of briefly on like is South Carolina as good for business as I hear or is that a myth? <laughs> It is as good as you've heard if you go to the right places. I highly recommend taking a solid look at Greenville, South Carolina and Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, Greenville actually got rated fourth best um, city in the world to do a startup in. Uh, so it's, uh, it, it only lost to Austin, Chiang Mai, and I think Medellin. And so I'm like very proud of us. Wow. Go, go, go team Greenville. 
Yeah, because you hear a ton about Austin, but but uh, South Carolina is just kind of slipping under the radar. So, all right, guys, you heard mm-hmm. it here. Um, go cram their city in with us, a Greenville, <laughs> South Carolina. Whoa, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> don't bring, don't bring your car. We've got. Don't enough. bring more traffic, please. We're good. I love We're it. good on that. Move downtown and walk. Sure. <laughs> How long have the two of you been together? A million years. Almost, almost a million. It's more like sixteen. Yeah. 16. 16 years. And what, what, what bit first? Were you entrepreneurs individually, not entrepreneurs? Tell me a little bit about kind of the genesis of uh, business meets relationship. What was it like when you guys first met? What were you doing for a living, each of you? What were you spending your time doing? And what were you expecting uh, once you got in a relationship? Well, I was working for IBM as a cybersecurity consultant. I was a road warrior and Carrie was just starting off as uh, a nurse. And our, our first little while was me living on the road and she taking care of my puppy at, at home. And uh, eventually, you know, when your golden retriever begins peeing on things because it's mad at you, that's a really good sign that you're on the road too long. How long, uh, how, how much were you on the road on an average month, year, week? Oh, like four days out of a week, every four, week. Four or five. Yeah. Four you, or you five know, days out of every week. And were you city to uh-huh. city every or were you like commuting to one spot and coming back on Friday? Oh no, it was, it was all over the place. It all depended. Um, sometimes I was lucky and I would go to the same place three or four times a row. So I kind of was able to get a routine, but often it's a different city every week, wherever they needed me. I don't think people understand, like, unless you've lived that life, I don't think it's really hard to understand what it means to almost find a new normal on the road. Were you ever able to find that? Did you enjoy it or did it burn you out? Or tell me a little bit about that just on a side note. Yeah, you get it. I I still feel more comfortable sleeping in a hotel room bed sometimes than I do sleeping at home. And, And I want my, I want my first class seat right where I always get, you know, you get the places where you get to the place where you have your routine and that's where you're comfortable, right? I want to see the same flight attendant on the same connecting flights and all that. So it's, uh, you know, your best friends become a hotel staff, uh, flight attendants and bartenders. And there's a sign, there's a warning sign right there. (laughs) Yep. I I, I completely understand that. So now at first it's probably pretty fun. Was there a time when like emotionally, did you get like into a groove or did you get into a burnout? Like something's got to change. Tell me about a little bit of that kind of a, towards the end of IBM. Yeah, there was an absolute burnout. It was an absolute burnout. Um, the, the culture was a high achieving culture and, but there was also constant chaos. And, uh, what I learned was I didn't want to continue to live inside that chaos because I was absolutely burnt out the, the entire time. And I couldn't progress real relationships with human beings. There was this really awesome woman in my life who I saw on the weekends, but we couldn't progress our relationship to a place where, you know, marriage was an option until we really began to take a look at, you know, how do we change this lifestyle? Because it, it, it does not work. And I want to hear in a second from Carrie's uh, perspective too. Mine was a little different. So what I did is um, I was spending about six months out of the year in Australia, New Zealand, doing work over there. But I would go like six weeks at a time. So I'd be like touring around to different cities and then come back to the US for like four weeks and then go back again. So when I met my wife, we've been together 11 years now. When we first met and I was doing this touring schedule, it was like, okay, well, basically... Uh, long distance relationship. And that Uh didn't last very long because we had to decide, well, do I stop this? Which I couldn't, or I didn't see a way. 
uh, at the time. So then it was like, well, you're, you want to come with me? And then we started essentially touring together, which was fun, but also brought us problems. I'm very <laughs> curious, how did that go with you guys? And Carrie, what was that like for you dating the guy on the road most of the week? And when things started changing or you looked at changing, how did that conversation go? Well, we used to always say that we lived a life together separately. Uh, and that's, yeah. basically how it was then. And in fact, when Adam started his company and he just happened to get an opportunity where somebody said, Hey, what you're doing over there, could you come do it for us? And he was like, sure. And it just kind of snowballed and turned into its own business um, in and of itself. And as it grew again, it kind of required him to go and travel a good bit. In fact, it was a little bit different as opposed to having to go every week. He would go maybe for a week out of a month, but oftentimes it was for an extended period of time and it was typically out of the country or at least somewhere, you know, not close to us whatsoever. And so I was just a very, very independent agent. I had my own life. I did my own things. If he was there, that was cool. If he, if he wasn't like it really, people would ask me, where's Adam this week? I'm like, I don't know. Um, what's he doing? I don't know. I mean, we really, there was no connection there. Um, and when we had kids, it became even more challenging. Uh, we talk a lot about, uh, you know, in our practice and in, in our community about how he did a lot of FaceTime parenting. Yes. To the point where um, my two-year-old, when he was about two, my son, when he was about two, was so used to um, having most of his interactions over FaceTime and hearing me have interactions over FaceTime with Adam, that he would call him Adam instead of dad or daddy. Um, wow. Yeah, that sucked. I, that was a problem. And, and, you know, we have an older child that didn't seem to affect her as much, but I think he was just in the thick of it so much more by the time we had the second one, um, that it, it became really obvious that his relationship with them was, was beginning to be uh, sort of sporadic and not exactly what he wanted it to be. Yeah. And, and, and can you speak a second to that carry of just one more moment? So I, I'm a, big pro wrestling fan as every listener probably knows at this point huge pro wrestling fan and there's so many parallels in the entrepreneur world because these guys and gals you know especially in a vintage it was always guys on the road and they're living that life where they talk a lot of behind the scenes about that together but separate and like let's say a, a wife is home with children you know mostly that's what's happening and then they get home and it's like hey i'm home for two days and they're like basically stay out of my routine like, I love you and I want to see you, but now you're messing things up. Like, I don't know what to say about that other than Adam, doesn't that suck? <laughs> like, oh, you, oh, if my wife's watching, you know, our son and everything's like, they got their thing going. And then I come back from the road and, and it's like, oh, hey, let's put the dishes here. Or she's like, no, I, I, I have a system. Can you just stay out of it? I you're love you, but guest. don't help. Yes, you are <laughs> yeah, a, guest a guest in your own house and you want to help, but... And the thing is, is that we are so used to when we're on the road, being able to condition our life however we really want it, right? Because the hotel will get us what we want, how we want it. The restaurant will get us what, you know, we can, we have constraints, but we also have a whole lot of control and our opinion matters. Man, when I got home, <laughs> my opinion did not matter. No, get, do not rock this boat, son. There is always a pretty significant adjustment period. And we, we, 
speak with a lot of couples, not just entrepreneurial couples, but we see it a lot. Uh, We have a very good friend who is in a rock band, a very popular, famous rock band. And they've been doing this for 15 years as well. I mean, same thing. Are they? Good grief. Um, So we see it with military families. Same thing. There's a huge adjustment period. Every time they come back, Adam would, Adam specifically would come back and try and like reinsert himself as um, dad and sort of the alpha. And I'm like, no, 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 no. And he would be really upset because the kids wouldn't listen to him. And I'm like, you're not part of this. You know, we, we kind of have our own thing going. You can't just come in and just try and reassert yourself from, from the gate. They have to warm back up to you. But as, as soon as they would, he'd have to go and be on the road again. So it was a really hard, frustrating time. Um, and honestly, I think it got to the point for us where <laughs> if he had the opportunity to travel, he would just to stay away from the the crazy chaos that was at home. That That's a fair point. There was a solid time in our life, especially when we were going through some real dark times, that my preference was to be on the road doing some type of problem solving technical thing or sales where the people on the road thought I was amazing. Hey, he was at, a hero out there. At home, I was a burden <laughs> and got in the yeah. way. And that does, that's, that was a hard thing for us to start figuring out when we want, we decided we needed to change our life. When you say dark times, you don't necessarily need to share specifics, but are you talking like interpersonal with the two of you? Um, yes. Is it, is it feeling shaky? Is it feeling, are you even asking questions of like, is this going to work or are you going, Hey, we know we're here, but this sucks for some reason. We got to figure it out. Or did you oh, go no. through other like environmental things or things with the kids? Like what kind of what, if you can just kind of share, cause Sure. I really like to know, at least, you know, when we're having these conversations, like, what are we talking about here? And there's something powerful about overcoming, um, but it's great to know kind of what we're overcoming. Mm-hmm. Now, I would say 100% that our business almost destroyed our marriage. And to be fair, our marriage almost destroyed our business. Um, when, I, when we say dark times, when we say dark years, we mean that we were very, very, very separate from one another. Um, honestly, we couldn't even get a divorce at the time because we couldn't be in the same room long enough to discuss it. <laughs> so it was ugly. It was wow. really bad. I was extremely angry and resentful. You know, I'm getting like pictures of him holding up his wine glass in front of the Eiffel Tower. And meanwhile, I'm covered in baby puke. Like I've given up my career to be able to facilitate this lifestyle and take care of these children. And kind of, I I was so angry and bitter about all of it. Um, And he he just was very, very uh, justified in the way that the lifestyle, the direction that the lifestyle had taken our life. And so it got to the point where we were in and out of counseling when we could be, but I would say foot, I, I definitely had a foot out, out the door. I had a plan. And if anybody's ever had a plan, you know, that's a really scary, dangerous place to be. Um, but we, we were able to sort of have a breakthrough. Um, I realized that I could not 100% blame him for everything. Clearly, I had not really ever asserted 
the fact that I was really unhappy with the lifestyle because we'd kind of grown up together in the lifestyle. We didn't know any differently. So um, I, I didn't know exactly how to voice the fact that it was all too much and that I all of a sudden found myself along on a ride that I had not signed up for. Um, so I started kind of stepping back a little bit and realizing, well, if I'm not happy, I can't really look to him to make me happy. So how do I make that happen? So I kind of really stepped back a little bit from pointing fingers at him, started working on myself, started kind of getting things together a little bit. He, he kind of took notice of the fact that I was making some changes in my life and I had gotten a little more healthy and was able to voice the fact that the lifestyle was a bit much. He kind of rearranged the lifestyle a little bit so that he could be home a little bit more. Um, and we started slowly but surely getting back on the same page. Then we were able to sit down look at everything we've done, look at everywhere we'd been, look at everywhere we wanted to go. And we were able to decide whether or not we were actually going to be able to go together. Was there a time then that it felt like ultimatum time? Like, and again, not, not like pressuring one or the other, but meaning coming together going, Hey, cause this isn't working. We know it's not working. Adam goes, yep, it's not working. So now, but it's like, what's the solution? It's like, well, I can't just quit what I'm doing. Cause that's the whole livelihood. And we do, do we start something new? Uh, it, did you ever talk at that point um, about doing business together? Tell me kind of, again, how that started when you first started having the conversation of maybe we should do it together versus separately. So we decided to do it together after we went through an awful lot of growing pains. Because one of the things that we realized was that because we had lived two separate lives, two completely separate lives next to each other, we didn't have transparency into each other's life. You know, I love Carrie's story of vulnerability and self-discovery, but I want to throw a warning out there. If you're in the middle of this, it's not, the answer isn't wait for your wife to fix herself. That's the wrong <laughs> takeaway. Okay. Look, I don't a, know if that's ever the takeaway. <laughs> I just want to be real clear. You know, there's a second side of the story where I had a lot of self-destructive behaviors. We were both toxic people we're both drowning next to each other. And when someone's drowning and someone, you know, you don't swim up to them because the first thing they do is grab you and throw me under. And we're two drowning people expecting the other to save themselves. And every time we got close, we beat the crap out of each other. So yeah, there was about four or five. Figuratively. Yeah. Four or five ultimatum moments. But what happened was the hard work we put in to get to the healing and to get transparency into each other's lives, she didn't resent the business anymore once we started having transparency into that. And I didn't want to escape the home. I'm to a point now where I don't want to travel. I don't want to go without my kids. I love my family. It's, it's such a gift at this point. And so it wasn't until we crossed over there where Carrie had put down her resentment towards business that she even entertained the idea of maybe she was an entrepreneur and maybe she should do this thing. And hey, it's okay to make money while you're helping people. Well, there was this period too, I think, where we, we realized that my ignorance and what was going on in the businesses, whether I was involved in running them or not, was a danger. Um, because 
you know, Adam would come home and be like, Hey, hon, guess what? I I lost $2 million today. And I'm like, what? And I would freak (laughs) out and, you know, not really understanding the ins and outs of that. The the context of how much that actually I had, I had no idea how any, all I knew was that stuff hit my account. I knew how it went out of my household, not really how it came into my household. Well, you know, one day when our company was actually in trouble and one of the employees showed up at my house and said, here, sign here, I need to put your house up for collateral so that we can use it to get a loan and make payroll. I was like, whoa, wait, what do you mean? (laughs) And I did not really realize up until that point how much I was involved in the business, even though I had nothing to do with the business. So then for a minute, I got really angry again at Adam. And I was like, how could you have kept me in the dark about this? Oh, wait, I've had my head in the sand. It wasn't all his responsibility. I never asked him to share any of that with me. He had been protecting me from a lot of it. So while yes, it is my right to know what's going on in our businesses, it's also my responsibility to get my head out of my butt and figure it out and get my hands dirty and understand what's going on. Not just for me, but for the, you know, for my kids, if Adam dies tomorrow, who's, who assumes the debt, you know, what, where does all this go? So I started getting a little woke about the business stuff. Well, fast forward a little bit and Adam's working at a local, uh, local college here, working with entrepreneurs as the entrepreneur in residence at the Clemson university MBA program. And he starts bringing me along on um, some dinners and coffees and that kind of thing to talk to these other entrepreneurs uh, about what it means to live the lifestyle. And he would have me talk to their wives and blah, 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 blah. And everybody's asking how we have managed it and how we have gotten through these really dark times. And we, we just started really realizing, first of all, surprise, we weren't the only ones that this was hard for, Um, but also that there was a real gap in support and knowledge and and understanding of this lifestyle. And people were getting into this stuff without really understanding what they were doing. So we started sharing our tips, sharing our tricks. One day I said, you know what, I should write a book about this. And Adam was like, no, really, you should. So I did. And I was like, bucket list, girl, check. And <laughs> I went on about my life. But we kind of got a little bit of wind underneath its wings. And we started looking at what it would mean to turn this into a real thing. So and I never had considered being an entrepreneur myself until Adam was like, hey, nudge, nudge, want to do this with me? There might be more to this book. And the book, guys, is In Bed with the Business, An Entrepreneurial Spouse's Survival Guide. <laughs> and what a, <laughs> I was complimenting you, like what a great title. Um, and, and what an important thing. Uh, before we pivot off of that, I want to ask you, and this might be covered in the book as well, uh, In Bed with the Business, number one bestseller. Thank you so much, Carrie Anderson. Uh, <laughs> when when you, you said you first started pulling your head out of the sand, and saying, hey, it's not his responsibility only, it's my responsibility to ask and be part of it. One of the, the things that I found in, in my family that was a little challenging was at what level do you share? Meaning, um, like how detailed do I go? So there was a certain point, I remember I was, getting, I was getting furniture for the office and like getting some new furniture and stuff. And I bought these two tiny little $99 task desks for one of the office spaces. And my wife was like, had this moment where it was like, what do you, like, you didn't tell me about that and what's going on? And I'm thinking to myself, 
this is $200 and we spend, I mean, a hundred, yep. you know, so much more than that. And but what we realized together was that was this sign. It was this moment of like, really, she felt unsafe. She felt like she mm-hmm. didn't have any handle on what was going on. And then it was like, what's this expense? I can't believe it. How come you don't tell me about it? And then what we figured out was at what level? Because I could spend the entire day kind of sharing and getting your opinion or telling you what happened for every decision we've made. That's not possible. How, so how did you guys figure out kind of the level of depth that you would communicate before you went into business together? So the, the, the path that we suggest people take is to treat the, 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 the family as board of directors of Family Inc. So Carrie is a board member and I am a board member. And the information I bring to her from our businesses are the same level of information that you bring to a board member. As long as she's in the loop at the high levels, she knows what's going on and she doesn't care about the $99 desk because she knows that on the grand scheme of things, things are fantastic. So we do three things with board members. So if you're the board member of Family Inc., we do a quarterly visioning and goal setting retreat. So the board is on the same page of what the businesses and the family should be doing. Then we do a, a monthly assessment, monthly report. What's the big picture? How do we do this month? What's going next? And then we do weekly stand-up meetings. And everything is based off of what do you need to know? And by the way, Family Inc. is made up of all assets. It's the business, but it's also the family. I get all the updates too. So it flows backward. I mean, it flows both ways. I get the updates. Hey, this is the kid's new friend. This person, this boom, 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 drama, drama, all this. And I'm like, okay, great. And here are the financials. Here's where for money. But we've got it down to the point where that's a 30 minute weekly meeting. And it has changed everything. Very and there good. Is, there is a, a level though at which, you know, he, he's got some big new idea. He wants to make an investment. He doesn't need my permission, but he needs my buy-in because we have to figure out whether or not it fits in the plan of the vision, values, and goals that we set previously. Very good. So, so really what we're talking about is it's not about the details of which way was which. It's like, I don't care which bank you decide to use, Correct. but I want to know that we're going to do this new financial setup or it's about sharing vision, sharing values. Really, really cool. Um, can you tell me a little bit more than also you have, uh, you know, leading from the book, what you do today with whole life entrepreneurship. I, I want to get into that. I'm very uh, quite excited about that. Um, how you do the family board of directors and, and, and all that work, but you also have created an entrepreneur couples assessment. Um, mm-hmm. Who should take this and what will they find? Okay, only the brave should take it. <laughs> we have we, uh, another, we kind of call it the fight maker assessment um, because one Very of the things, it is a, a difficult thing to have conversations that are hard to have because it's timing, right? And what we try to do with these assessments, like, so there's never a good time to bring it up. The, the spouse often sees the entrepreneur just absolutely slammed, and the spouse thinks, uh, I, I don't want to distract. The entrepreneur, right? And the entrepreneur is like, oh my gosh, the spouse is completely overwhelmed with family. I don't want. So the assessment does things that ask, um, we call it the three C's assessment. How do you chill? How do you communicate? And what's your community look like? And there's 10 questions in each of them. And one of the questions, for example, would be like, what uh, do you know what brings you joy? One to 10. Then the next question is, do you know what brings your spouse joy? One to 10, right? And the cool thing is, man, after you look at those, 
and you share the results with each other because you take them separately, I'd be like 10. I absolutely know it brings my wife's joy. And sure, on hers, it would be like, does your, hus- does your husband know what brings you joy? And she'd be like three. Like, oh, dude, there's, oh, this is so good. But it's also so bad because if you're not prepared, you can get blindsided. So that's why I say only the brave should take this because you're going to learn and you're going to get a baseline of where you are, but then you can't hide from it. Wow. Well, let, let's, <laughs> let's all do that for sure. So I'm sure if, you, we, if we head over to WLE, which stands for Whole Life Entrepreneurship, wlemission.com slash driven, you can download their Entrepreneur Couples Assessment for free, I believe. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Grab it and find out where you are. Like, especially if you're in business, yes. If you're both in business, if you're in business individually, but mm-hmm. if you are in a relationship and in business in some capacity, um, I'm excited to check this out. Like, go find out where you stand. And if things aren't, if things are getting hot, you don't need to get out of the kitchen. You need to take the dang assessment work with whole life entrepreneurship with Adam and Carrie and find out how you can, you know, enjoy cooking again, enjoy cooking together. Guys, I know time is gone and, and uh, uh, we got to kind of wrap the conversation. I could go on forever about this because it's just so close to my heart. Um, and final thoughts here together is what are like, if you could boil it down to a lesson, what would you tell yourself? No, better question. If you could change anything about your early part, the dark times, everything that you went through in the entrepreneur marriage journey, what would you change or would you leave it all the same? So I would, I would have to say this, that I would leave it all the same because you can't get to the peak of the mountain without going through the valleys. And we are the, the most strong we have ever been because we went and suffered through it. But if I if I could have left the suffering, I could have, if I could have had the, the understanding that this is a process and it is okay to not be okay. If I gave myself permission to forgive myself in the middle of all this and to have grace towards my spouse, knowing that this is hard, that I feel like would have been a true gift. Yeah. I, I think that if I had to change anything, um, I wish that we had been able to come around to some of these lessons a little earlier. I wish I hadn't, (laughs) I wish I hadn't, we hadn't had to go through so much damage before we came along to it and be able to share it with other people. Um, But, you know, if I had one other thing to add, it's just that, you know, success is just one of those things that can't just be measured by money. It's just a part of what it means to be successful. So when you kind of are able to lift your head a little bit from what you're doggedly going after, um, you can kind of take a glimpse around and see how you're showing up in the rest of your life. And it makes you kind of reconsider, oh, well, I don't want to get to the end of my life and have not gone to that kid's recital or spent time with my aging parents or gone on that vacation with my wife. Like, I don't want to get to the end of my life and have all these regrets. I want to start living a life of success without regrets now. So that's something that we were really, really passionate about trying to help other entrepreneurs think about too, as they're structuring their lives around their businesses. I couldn't say it better myself. Live 
live a good life now without the regrets. Uh, Adam Carey, thank you so much for coming on the show. I sure appreciate your time. Um, thank you so much, guys. Thanks, Matt. Thank you. All right, my friends, that is the show for this week, man. What a what a cool couple, Adam and Carrie Anderson. So make sure you check it out. Check out Carrie uh, and Adam's book, In Bed with the Business, The Entrepreneurial Spouses Survival Guide. And then certainly check out uh, wlemission.com slash driven, and you can get their entrepreneur couples assessment. I'm excited about that. I think, again, if you're in business and you're in a relationship, or even if you're in business and you want to be in a relationship one day, Check it out now so you can start the right way. You know, uh, get the peaks without the valley, so to speak. Um, make sure you subscribe to the show if you haven't already. You can come every single Friday. There's a great interview with a phenomenal driven entrepreneur and get their backstory. So subscribe, rate and review on any platform that you get this show on. If you're listening on the radio, remember you can always go and get this on demand and listen to all the back episodes. They're free, almost 200 of them. Enjoy yourself and binge all weekend. Forget about Netflix and chill. You should driven entrepreneur and chill. Have an awesome weekend. Get out there and crush it, guys. I'll see you next week. 